everyone to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host, IBK. We've got a great show packed today. We've got a full house. Yes, this time around is internationals, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be talking about a lot of games that are happening, great games happening in Europe, in, in African qualifiers, even South America qualifiers. We're going to be touching on one or two of these games. Uh, IFAB have come out with a new rule for goalkeepers. We'll be touching on it. What's going on? You know, we're going to, you, you guys are going to find out what it is about. We're going to be touching on what's going on with, with supposed takeover of Man U, who, who wants to buy Man U. Um, AY is going to at least give us a bit of an expose into it. And um, we probably, if we have more time, we'll be able to we'll, we'll touch one or two. Um, news reports that are going on in the NBA. It's funny how the playing, the playoffs has become so exciting, the number one seed and everything. So we're going to be touching on all that. So let me start with you, Lashagun. What's up? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the show because hopefully it's more exciting than, than the week of football because uh, no club football is, is uh, yeah, it's very, very boring. But yeah, hopefully... We can talk about, you know, exciting stuff that have happened in the football world that doesn't, uh, excluding club football. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been, you know, we've got, you know, let me talk about this again. With all due respect to uh, international football, uh, there's no Formula One, uh, there's no, you know, tennis championship. Uh, uh, you know, this international football and NBA, which you know, still in the regular season, so can be a bit of a ball. But I mean, we have to do what we have to do, right? We're here. The beautiful Lisa. Um, hi, good evening. Um, yeah, always a pleasure to be here. Like Oluwa Shegun said, it was a boring weekend, or it still is a boring weekend. Thank God the weekend is almost over. Yeah, um, I really didn't pay attention to the qualifiers, and I actually thought that Nigeria were going to, like, you know, put up a good performance considering we played that game on our own top, but it wasn't to be. I just really can't wait for the, you know, normal games, you know, that we follow, that we all watch to be back. I really can't wait. But it's nice to be here again. Ramsey. Well, unlike Lisa, I paid attention to the qualifiers and I must tell you for free that <laughs> I, I don't know if, it, if this is right on this podcast, but God will punish Super Eagles and God will punish them. <laughs> so it's going to be back again. And uh, yeah, well, no league football, but these internationals, yeah. If you ever see me on my way back to my village, know it is because of these internationals. Denmark lost from 2-0 down to Kazakhstan. Those guys that are fishermen and cobblers and... Uh, uh, <laughs> 118th in terms it, of ranking. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. We move. Good to see you guys again, virtually, anyways. Hey, Lisa, how are you? I was going to greet you Hi, Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last Okay, so let's run through some of these international qualifiers and then we'll take it from there. Uh, yeah, I did actually even see that demo game. I didn't know that they had lost that we drawn to, to Kazakhstan. That's, that's surprising. Uh, 
Money is lost, same as mine. We move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let me start from the more the most recent one, which was today. Uh, England just beats Ukraine uh, two 0 um, in their African African, you know, Europe Euro Euros qualifier. Um, two goals coming from from Saka and Kane. Great goal from uh, Saka. And then earlier they had beaten Italy. I think that was on Tuesday or or thereabouts. I think Thursday or so they beat Italy three one. So good, good, um, good, good uh, qualifying round for for England. I don't know if they. I, I don't know when they have the next one. I think it's going to be in after this season and maybe in, in June, July or something like that. But yeah, they are. They are. I think they are well placed for their Euro uh, aspirations. Um, let me get to others. Uh, North Macedonia beats Malta to one. That's not interesting. As uh, Ramdi just mentioned, uh, Denmark um, drew, I mean, lost to, to Kazakhstan, but earlier they had beaten Finland 3 1. Kazakhstan lost earlier to Slovenia 2 1. Portugal beat Liechtenstein. That's a tough one. Liechtenstein. Yeah, that country 4 0. Uh, Ronaldo gets in, gets in uh, a hat trick there, gets in racking up the international goals for a personal record for him. He's doing, I mean, I think he's he's probably the the top international goal scorer in 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 history right now, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, good 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 results for them there. Um, what else? What else? What else? Which other games were interested? Czech Republic beat Poland three one. Beating Netherlands four nil. Netherlands four nil. Uh, Sweden lost to Belgium three nil. Lukaku got a hat trick. Austria beats Azerbaijan four one. Uh, yeah, that's that's about the the interesting ones. And then in the African Cup of Nations qualification, uh, the most surprising one and the most interesting for us here as Nigerians is. Uh, Nigeria lost to Guinea-Bissau in Nigeria in the Abuja Stadium. They lost one 0 Uh, coming a goal in, goal in the first half from a guy called Balde. Uh, very 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 sloppy goal, sloppy defending from from the Nigerian defense. But yeah, it's 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 where we are as a as a footballing nation right now. So a little disappointing there, but yeah, those were the games. Oh yeah, so also just pivoting back to Euro qualifications as well. Spain beat Norway three 0 um, Scotland beat Cyprus 3 0. Um, what else? Croatia drew to Wales 1 1. Uh, so yeah, just just a lot of a lot of games going around. There were also some um international games in the sense of you know Brazil uh played against Morocco. Morocco won that game 2 1. I think Argentina had played earlier against Panama, if I remember correctly. They won quite hands comfortably so I think Messi scored a free kick something like that but yeah there was just a lot of games going on um internationally and, and, and thereabouts but yeah just we, we can get into the, the meat of the more important Euro games and Africa confirmation okay let's um let's start from the Nigerian match um, um Ramsey um Nigeria has always had issues with or we've always felt we've had issues with that we've had the right talent but we keep on the performing um, we had a very decent coach, but um, Raw, I won't say he's a great coach, but he made sure he qualified for us in all our games. We barely lost. Probably in the latter stages of the African Cup of Nations, we didn't perform as well as we should. We, we thought his football was lethargic. And then they now said that this is, they bring this Portuguese that is supposed to be Mourinho's best friend or whatever. And we've played seven games, lost lost five. Nigeria loses games. 
you know, every game we lose, we always say we need to go back to the drawing board, but we don't lose five games in seven, you know, as in it's a really bad run. We have one of the hottest strikers in Europe, in Hoshimei. Lukman, too, is up there as one of the final forwards in the game right now. But uh, the game was really poor. It was it, The game was lethargic. Um, your, your take on it? Okay, so I saw the game live, and uh, in a way, uh, I, I sincerely wish I didn't, because it was a complete waste of two hours that I will never get back in my life. So uh, the way they played, team selection. Okay, Who so sent you? When I saw the game live, as in you were in Abuja, like you were in the stadium. I mean, I, I saw it with data because I was oh. at work. I needed to uh, connect DSTV now, and then I saw it, and then I was like, um, is this what I'm paying for? But outside that, yeah, when I saw the list of the players he invited, so there's this young, young guy from one unknown academy. So most Nigerian coaches do that. Somebody will come pay you for one unknown guy from an academy that doesn't exist. They'll just give you the name of the academy, and then you see the guy play there's absolutely nothing inspiring about the guy we've been doing this for as long as i started watching Nigerian football when is he going to stop when is when we signed this particular guy for sure we signed the wrong oc this is not anything close to money is not even all that anymore but when you still like a dead money is still better than this uh imposter that we signed. So there is absolutely nothing about this guy that inspires confidence. You see him shouting, shouting on the line, trying to form a theater, but it's more only that. Please don't disrespect only like that. Sometimes, but I tell you for free that it's a mistake of a signing and it is not going to get better. So, how in God's name can we have a coach? that is losing at home to Guinea-Bissau. If we organize all these boys, you know, when you're having an election and all these street boys are playing on the streets when others are voting, organize them. They will beat Guinea-Bissau home and away and on neutral ground. But you have a coach that is running in dollars and is doing this. Come on. Like, uh, I wish you didn't ask me this, but it was so much of an embarrassment. Trust me, losing out. With due respect to Guinea-Bissau, we might want to have legs. If I'm on that pitch, they cannot beat us. Trust me. But we didn't play anything. We didn't, we didn't offer anything throughout the entirety of the game. And then, uh, uh, I'm sorry, but we don't deserve to be in Nations Cup if that is how we want to play. Even before they scored, I saw it coming. And when they scored us, we were never going to equalize. Everybody was just playing to show that they can play football, not as a team. This is not the Super Eagles I fell in love with. This is... All right, next speaker, please. But, but it's, I think there's also a question, like, just of, of the 11 players that are playing. Um, this Nigerian, like, crop of talent that they have, I think it's probably the best that we've had in the world in terms of, like, diaspora talent as well. You know, there's a lot of lot of players coming, uh, showing themselves... When a clueless person is telling you what to do, you are going to be confused. It's not as if, it is not as if this Chelsea team that we have right now, it's not as if they don't have the material to deliver. But who is passing message to them? Somebody that they cannot How did Chelsea get here? Uh, it, it's a reference. It's just the same way that you 
can send 11 Manchester United players to Old Trafford. But what is that guy with a very big guy like Okadasi telling them? Something that is not inspiring. That's why they can concede seven in 90 minutes. <laughs> not be your fault. I, like, not be your fault. <laughs> you just <laughs> enroll your mouth. It's nice. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything that. But we moved, Sha. But that, that was embarrassing. And that day, I didn't feel like being a Nigerian, but it is what it is. Why is Ahmed Busa still coming up? And well, Ahmed Busa played. Yeah, he came on. This is where they come from. The thing is, Rambo, keep quiet. We move. Oh, Why have right. been emotional, oh. though? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, well, to 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 put a bow on this conversation, I also feel that, uh, um, like I'm in I'm in a group in a next, you know, it's a, it's a coaches group of some of the, you know, upcoming coaches in Nigeria, in and out of. Up from Nigeria, in and out of Nigeria. And then you see some of the finest minds. And if you see some of the academy that they are doing, they are doing decent things, not, let me not say not big things. And these guys are not the kind of guys that are getting filtered into, you know, like the NFFs. So at the end of the day, we still keep on recycling back to a Ladam Boso that has been there since 2000 or 1999 and has never really delivered any quality for us. And then, of course, at the end of the day, okay, yes, because for a Nigerian team, so we quickly rush and go to the to the dregs of the society, the dregs of the society in terms of European coaches, and that is what we pick. And yeah, I I also hear that he probably hasn't been paid properly, or he hasn't been paid lately. So there there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of nonsense going on in the Nigerian team. Of course, and um, Ramsey rightly talked about how you know folks are, are slipping in through the back door, and this guy is not is not is not good enough to be in the Nigerian national team, and 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 we've seen that. So I think I think that is, until we get a better coach for now, or not just a coach, or until we get a better structure. You know, see how England plays, see how Spain plays, see how Argentina plays, see how Brazil plays. There's a structure from under whatever, under eight, under 10, all the way to the national team. And at the end of the day, you see each of those each of those um, stages, they all play almost in the same pattern, you know, just tweaks here and there. And at the end of the day, that leads to an identity. And, and, and Nigeria doesn't have an identity. What they just look for is, okay, your name is Ola Shegun. Oh, you were born in Belgium. You are you 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 know your mom is Nigerian or your dad is Nigerian. Your mom is Romanian or something. Oh yeah, come and play for us. And they do this, pa pa pa, pick a few players, one or two like Oshiman that you know turned up from our national team and then call it a team. There is no structure to it. And as long as we don't have a structure, we will keep on going round and round in circles. And that's what's happening with us. We are losing to Guinea Bissau. When last did you hear any news about Guinea Bissau? You know, so especially football wise. So, um, 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 let's move to Europe. First and foremost, um, England winning 2 1 at Italy. Italy haven't since, since winning the Euros, they've not gotten their acts together. Um, I think this guy squeezed out the last juice from some of the aging players together with some of the newer players. I just don't think they have enough quality across board. Italy still struggles with bedding younger talents inside 
the national it's in, not just into the national team, even in playing in Syria, you see some of the older players, they're the ones who are getting um who are getting playing time and they have some of the best coaches, but talent-wise, maybe I think just right now, they are not they don't have the best of talents at the moment. Um, this are your take. Um <laughs> Please, can you throw that question to someone else? Because yeah, um, to it. like it, 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 it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I mean, the, like you rightly said, the Italian national uh, team are going through that phase that you know most national teams tend to go through, maybe at the end of a circle. Uh, like you already said, they've got good managers, but I think they're still struggling with you know, bedding uh, the younger players and, and the older ones. And then mo- most most importantly, I think it's the problem, the issue is Italy has always been this thing that, that produced lots of world-class defenders, right? So from time, Italian football has always been, they have this solid path, and then they go you know, a few creative players there and there, and then they just, just always manage to eat you on the break and win one nil, and then take the result. But now the the defenders are not exactly there. The Maldinis of the world, I know they're now with uh, Boloy, Atebi, uh, you know, uh, Emerson, Emerson, Palmieri, uh, De Lorenzo, Inazola, not, not the same quality as the Nesta, Caravaro, uh, Maldini, and likes. So you can see where the problem is. So you can't play the old attachment system with this kind of defense. And then in the middle, they're not as creative as they used to be. There's no Fossi there. There's no Sandro uh, Del Piero. It's, it's, it's going to take a while. Uh, I do believe we still have some quality young players in the, in the Italian team. They're not playing at the top teams at the moment, but they're a good players here and there. I think uh, Ritegi is a, a solid player, though I think it was born in Argentina. Berat uh, is a good player. Uh, Berardi, he can be streaky. Pellegrini uh, is it's okay. funny that he hasn't he hasn't left Sassuolo till now. That yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, like twenty right? Yeah, something yeah, like that. The, yeah, something like that. Uh, I think Sandro Sonali is a quality player. I think Nicolo Barella is it, a quality player. I think Sandro Sonali is overhyped. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's a quality player. I like I like that of play. Uh, and I like Nicolo Barella. He's a solid player too. I think yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I like it. I yeah, like I think it. the Italians need to, they also need a knife. Skamaka. Nah. Yeah, Skamaka is not nah. It's not it. Yeah, I think since they lost, since, well, they didn't lose Balotelli, Balotelli lost. Right? Uh, since they lost Balotelli, I don't think they They've gone through a series. Even there was even air there one time and stuff. Yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, so maybe we start from there, maybe get in a clinical 
stripes and not necessarily this uh, this dude in Roma, Bellotti. There's other guys that they're, they're not modern strikers. They don't they don't strike. The the Lazio guy. Uh, what's his name? Mobile. Yes, the guy that <laughs> Mobile, yeah, yeah Mobile, funny guy, Mobile, right? Mobile, yeah, you know. This this kind of striker doesn't don't strike anything to any extent. Maybe that's twenty four. Who who do you guys see as winning as favorites for the Euros this coming year? Uh I'd say from what I've seen so far, I think France. Uh, France is always there. Yeah, Eng- England? Always, France, England, nah. usual. England always has disrupt. No, but I, I I think I think England will get there. So. I think we will. I thought definitely, but no, no, no. When I say get there, I mean they're gonna win something. England, England with Southgate. Mm-hmm. Southgate is not England, that. Southgate South is not see. England is going to. Wait, I always tell. I always tell people. International football. Wait, international football is not always about the quality of the manager. When you compare it to club football, international football, you need personnel. That's key because you can't buy players, right? So you need personnel. You need your personnel to be in top form for three weeks. It doesn't matter how good they are in the, in the league, they just need to be in top form for those three weeks. You. So most times we give coaches too much credit in international football than they do deserve, deserve right? Deschamps is not the most intelligent manager himself. I see Deschamps make horrible mistakes time and time again, but he's always bailed out by Mbappe and Co. So even the managers you're praising as excellent international managers, if you watch them properly, watch their decision-making, you you find fault all over the pitch. But they just have this guy that builds them out. Okay. Messi basically built Argentina out. If Southgate had Messi, Southgate could, could have the World Cup right now. So sometimes it's not about Southgate, it's not about the show. Yeah, but the, but the problem with, with Southgate is that he 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 has this this personnel and then he doesn't put them on the field. Why is the center back? Why is the full back pair? Um, the the back line, the back line of Baguia, Stones, and Walker, and then the other guy. Okay. Uh, the, I think this game was Chilwell. It's like Maguire should not be anywhere near a starting okay. line. Okay, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask. Hold on, let me just. Let me just oh, let me, Maguire okay. plays better for England. That's the that's point. That's why not, should? Why should? That's not the point. Well, look, I don't look, think that's. Look, the so what's the point? People, people don't get it. Look. International, like I, like I, like I said again, it's not club football, right? At international level, the game is a lot slower, right? Maguire's efficiencies are marked better because in front of him, you have right. Yeah, you can't, you can't even fault him for starting Maguire. Who do you want him to start? Uh, Tell me, which which defensive pairing is better than Maguire? Stone? I think he wants to say Ben White. I think that's what. <laughs> Ben White doesn't even play right back for for thingy, so I don't want to say Ben White. He used to play centre back before now. Yeah, he's actually centre centre back. I mean, funny enough, I would I would say I would say if 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 uh if I was if I was doing if I was in in charge of of the lineup, I would say 
if you see the, the thing about international football, as you said, you cannot make transfers. So you have to kind of take uh, extrapolate what they do at club level and then try and replicate that at international level. Now, if you're okay. one of your best players is 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 Kane, obviously, and then on the right is Saka. Saka is going to play okay. every single game. Okay. There is no reason why, if you see that in club uh, level, Saka has these this uh, chemistry with with Ben White. For example, this is just an example that okay. you're not putting Ben White at the right back position over. That's ridiculous. How is Walker? Is, Walker is Walker is very. Calm down, calm so, down. I don't know it's why. Not... Why should you start Ben White simply because oh he has chemistry with Saka? Because. Why? I just Why? said it. I, I That's what? Wait, wait, wait. I Another point. Wait. I just what? said it because Saka is your best player. And if you see at club level that this is what's getting the best out of, of your best player, then you should put what? Hurricane is their best player. Best okay, Saka is the second best player. What are we talking about? Like it's not I'm not uh it's, it's not about okay, this is one this walker, okay, this walker white argument. It's not even gonna fight. They're not even free. Because they even with James before. <laughs> exactly, yeah. because James is even better than Ben White. That's another point. So um, you wanted to bench Walker, bench uh with James and start uh your, your own boy who left camp, who left Qatar because they had an argument with the coach. Come on, man. No, no, no. But that, that's not but that wasn't confirmed, first of all. Second of all, he wasn't uh, even, he wasn't even playing. So why is he not playing? He wasn't well, that's what we're talking about. Why do you think he was problem. not called up? Why do you think he was exactly. not called up? Exactly. I mean, I'm not. I'm not in the car. He's Because he had a clash with the coach in Qatar. Okay. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. This is. This is. It's not. It's not about. I'm. I'm talking. That was. That was just one example. I'm talking about even. Okay. I'm give us about, another example. I'm talking about. Of, uh, okay. Give us another example of what target is yeah, going yeah, wrong. Sure. Let's let's put a bow on this. England no, hold on. It's it's a conversation. Let's let's finish up. Let's say it's now he's not. Yeah. He's not. He's not calling up. He's not calling up people like like Tomori, for example. Okay, Tomori maybe this season has had a bit of a dip. Last season, Tomori okay. was the best. You've already contradicted back. yourself. How? You just said Tomori is, is having a dip. He had a bit of a dip this season, and I was going to continue by so saying... So that's why he's not getting season, called. Wait, I was going to continue by saying last season, when he was even the best centre-back in AC Milan, uh, in the Syria, okay. he wasn't even in the conversation, and it was still... Were, it was still Maguire. wasn't going to... Okay, but he wasn't going to bench Maguire at all. But then that's the problem. Is but, it, but is there's that a not the problem? There's a reason why Tomori left Chelsea to go to AC Milan. You do know that, right? And because he wasn't getting playing time at Chelsea, as all players you know that. would would like to play. Yeah, and yeah. it went, and we know in international when it comes to England, it's harder to make the team if you're not in England. Birmingham is an exceptional case because yeah, okay, we, Dortmund, yeah, Dortmund, Dortmund I mean, I mean, yeah, in. I get it. It's it's, it's what Stephen Southgate said this season. Uh, this uh, was it yesterday or so in a press conference, and it was yeah. about Balogun, and it was like, oh. Balogun, he said it in like in 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 other words, like oh, Balogun is scoring in France, and Ivan has scored in England, and you just yeah. see that oh, he he values the uh, Premier League experience more than other leagues, which yeah. I think is is a little bit crazy because if a player is doing well in the league, and he's doing better than a player that is playing in the Premier League, then there should be no reason why you're using the Premier League like status as your barometer for. Why he'll be he'll be good? It's not it's not it's not at the very least it's not it's not meritocratic. It's not like it's just oh I I like these guys and then that's why I'm going to continue to play them. And, and my international like the archetype of that international football is like that. Some players make you know the team because 
of what they bring to the atmosphere around the, the camp. Players like Daniel Alves, I mean, Daniel Alves was, was at the last World Cup. The, uh, in Nigeria, says the player we had then was uh, Dabalawa. Everyone wondered, why, why is Dabalawa in the team? You don't, some players are just there because they connect between uh, the coaching staff and the players, probably because of the, the experience and all that. So international football is very funny because you go into a tournament with, say, 24, now you go with and you probably just naturally need just 15 players. In most cases, you need maybe 15 players. So you, you've got lots of carry-ons that are just there because, okay, if this person gets injured, oh, this person is too big not to make squad, uh, this person is young, but I want him to have tournament experience. And then you have this person that, okay, just come, just make up the numbers. So in international football, you, you're never going to satisfy every time. You're always going to have some disgruntled players that, okay, I'll give you an example. In 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 ninety eight, uh, players like uh, uh Papa, uh, Ginola, you know, people complain. Why didn't Ginola make the World Cup squad? Why didn't uh, Papa make the World Cup squad? Uh, as a ninety six, I think it was Cantona. Why didn't Cantona make the World Cup squad? Right? So that it's always like that. They're always gonna be players that don't make the same, and you're like, why is he not there? And there there always be players like uh, Givat. I remember in 1998, there was uh, uh there was uh, Christophe Dugari. Dugari made this squad because of his best friend. So it's international football. You're not going to satisfy every cup. Go down with three. You see, there's always, every walk of course, there's always this player like, what's this guy doing there? In 2002, I think it was Van Peta in Brazil. So that, that's just how it is. All right. All right. Okay. So um, let me, let, let me throw another question out there. Um, do you guys think, let me ask you, Ramsey, um, do you guys think that, um, or Ramsey, do you think that Kylian Mbappe deserved to be the captain of this team? At least for PSG, he has shown his immaturity in, in, in at least it's well documented. Of course, he's a great talent and not just talent, he's a producing and effective talent, you know. And he has okay. already won a couple of things for France. Uh, well, okay, so I remember when Lionel Messi was made the captain of Argentina and uh, Ronaldo was made the captain of Portugal. There were experienced players, players that, that were at the top at the time. But you know what? these things happen, like, I'm not surprised a little bit. I would have handed it to Griezmann, not Mbappe, based on some of the things you've mentioned, immaturity, the fact that uh, there was so much, so, there was so much news around him. But how many of those can we actually verify? And then it's down to the manager. And uh, you know what? It's always about that player that you feel is probably most influential. Also think about fans. Think about, uh, look at the last World Cup, especially the final. Someone has got three goals in the final. So these days, it's not about merits. Why is Harry Maguire the captain of Manchester United? Well, the kind of businesses they do over there, they're the only ones that understand it. So, But if you look at some certain teams, you look at who their captain is and you're like, on what basis? So there are so many things that go on behind the scenes that we don't have... Uh, so much that we are not privy to. So 
I'm not really going to think about it too much. They just look at who is the most popular. Uh, who is that person that the fans would be happy about, even though they really don't know what is happening behind the scene. But I think I can understand why they gave it to him. If I were to be the decision maker, I'd probably give it to Griezmann, really. But Griezmann is the vice. And I saw a quote by Mbappe where he was saying he can understand why uh, Griezmann is feeling some type of way, but yeah, 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 yada, yada. Well, it is what it is. I think that was, I think that was the wrong statement from him. Uh, well, again, it's subjective. It, it depends on how you read it. I think he was trying to say that anybody would feel they deserve it. Well, whichever way you spin it, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Mbappe. He's good, but I've looked at his attitude. But it's not good. He's very good. Even when I'm money, I will understand with him. But right now, well. It but, is what it is. but the thing about like international football for me, I think uh, Ramsey, you're saying that you you would have given it to Griezmann if if you were the one in charge. For me, I think it should still be Mbappe because this, obviously this stuff was like I don't know three days ago, four days ago, and and um, there was like discourse on it on 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 Twitter, and somebody was like saying something that was was kind of like uh, important and, and poignant in the fact that like I think this kind of like if you look at it, it's kind of it's kind of it's it kind of what happens like in most international teams. So like uh, Argentina, the captain is Messi, Brazil is Neymar, Ronaldo is uh, Portugal is Ronaldo, uh, England it's, it's Kane. It's always like the main superstar is like the, the player that that becomes the captain because in international tournaments it's like if you lose it's gonna be the same way it's been for for Brazil when they when they lose it's like oh like where where was where was where was the best player where was Neymar. If Argentina lose, they're going to say, well, it was Messi, that kind of thing. When uh, Portugal won, it was Ronaldo has carried them to the, the Euros or Ronaldo uh, has finally won a Euros type thing. There's always going to be like conversations about the best player. And if like that, plus, that person is the one that gets the the uh, the pressure, then, I mean, you should just naturally get the armband because he's the one that carries most of the load anyways. And also like Griezmann is, I don't know, Griezmann is in his, his in his 30s right now like there is no guarantee that he's going to be there past uh, the euros as next year like you're, you're not sure he's going to be there at the world cup for example like in uh in uh what year is it right now 2026 20, exactly like he's not he, he might have retired by then you know for mbappe he's going to be there for at least the next three four maybe five tournaments so you might as well just have him as captain right now and just like build him up to so you know stay in that role for the next you know 10, 10, 15 years, something like that. So I think it's kind of uh, a no-brainer, really. Okay, I like, I like, I like that. I like that. I like that. So, um, I want to. We, we think we have even spoken about England. We've talked touched on um on this other thing. So let's um let's talk about my you, um Lisa and Ay. You guys will spearhead this um attack, and then we'll talk about the IFAB new rule. So um. Lisa, this takeover. Why? What's going on? Take us through. Um, at this point, I don't even know what is going on because on Twitter you will see different news about how the uh, Qataris, how the what's the other guy's name? Self, um, the Ineos group. I don't know. Jim Ratcliffe. Yeah, Ratcliffe. Yeah. Um. So they said they gave them the 
put in their bid and I heard something about both of them asking for an extension. I don't know how true that is. So at this point, I don't even know if the Glazers want to sell. I really don't know if they want to sell. Somebody said, I think a fan or somebody suggested that um, you know, the Ineos group and the Qatari group should come together and probably, you know, um <clears throat> buy United. I don't that, know that, if that's not gonna happen. It's not possible, right? Yeah. I don't even want it to happen. I really don't want it. Um, so like I said, I, it's looking like the Glazers are looking for somebody that will come and buy shares, you know, like be like a part of the minorities and then they will still hold on to the shares because it's not looking like they will probably sell. I was thinking that this thing was going to be done before the season ends or even in the, um, before March or April, but it's, it's not looking like that. It's looking like um, this is going to be something that they will drag and yeah, maybe AY can shed more light because I really don't know what is happening right now. I don't know if they want to sell. I don't know if they will sell. And I don't know how long it will take for them to sell. Uh, okay. Um, I think first things first, we need to talk about how the Blazers took over United and why there's so much acrimony between the Blazers and the fans. So, uh, in September 20, 2003, Malcolm Blazer purchased about Three percent of Manchester United. At the end of two thousand three, had increased that fifteen percent, and then he bought the shares of John Magner and J.P. McManus. They are twenty eight percent, so he moved to seven percent at the end of two thousand four. At that point, they had crossed the, according to uh, Security Exchange Commission rules in the UK, once you have the you know thirty percent thirty percent threshold of which you would be forced to launch a takeover before a listed company. So days later, they had about five percent, and then uh, they delisted United from the London Stock Exchange. Anyway, the whole takeover at the end of the day cost approximately eight hundred million pounds, which uh, was financed by a leverage buyout that like loan uh secured against the club assets and the interest payment was about I believe sixty million a year at that point. So the great uh Malcolm Glazer took over a company that was running perfectly well, making profit, and then within a space of two years the company was in debt of eight hundred million pounds and uh needing to pay 60 million every year service that debt, right? So naturally the United fans did not like them or did not like him. He died later and then the shares became those of his kids. Uh as of 2010, the debts had reduced a bit to about 715 million. And then what the Glazers did now was to refinance the loan. So they issued out bonds to raise about 500 million, and then the, the interest dropped from 60 to 45. So basically, the Glazers have been using United money to run United, taking out dividends every year. So in essence, this is like someone buying a car, using the car as the assets, as the assets to secure a loan, and just perhaps running the car as the as Uber to pay, to pay off the loan. Are not putting 
you don't money into it. So that's why United fans do not like the Glazers. Now to the to the takeover. Uh the Glazers are, are obviously they need to invest a lot into United right now. They need to, you know, the stadium is old and having it to be refurbished or having it to build a new one. They need to invest in playing stuff and they don't want to put their money into it. And at the moment, interest rates are pretty high. Interest rates are going up. I think the, the Bank of England increased interest rates to about like 4.5% over the week and it's still going to go up for the end of the year. So it is not the best time to take loans to do things because the interest rate is now a lot higher. And of course, they don't want to keep their money. So this idea of just sell United came up. And of course, United, you have, like uh, Lisa mentioned earlier, you have uh, Sadiq Rakhlev from uh, Ineos and uh, you know, the French club Nice. Uh, we have uh, Sheikh Jassim, uh, who is the chairman of the Saudi Islamic Bank. And who, who is using the, the company called Nine to Foundation to launch this physical rights. And during the week, uh, a new player comes to the picture, uh, Thomas Ziliakos, uh, is the founder of uh, Mobile Social Work in Finland. He's proposing a 50 50 situation where he owns 50 and then he fans own 50. So I don't know how that works. Is he not the guy that said that you guys should pay three euros or three dollars or three? Yeah, euros? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want the future to I don't know exactly how that would work, but uh, I'm assuming that's going to look like the structure we have in Germany. Like I have a feeling that's what it's about. I don't. We don't know the details of each thing yet. So, so, so what's yeah. so what's the ballpark that um um the if the glazers are going to sell outrightly how how much do they think they want to sell it for? okay so the, the glazers uh, everyone should note this that the glazers are not talking directly to any of the people they 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 they've hired an investment bank to do that for them so all these bids are going to the rain group so it's the rain group that sets the bid that studies the bid and it goes to the glazers and say okay this is what we advise you guys to do. So, uh, like uh, Lisa said earlier, there was uh, a deadline for Wednesday night. Uh, the Qataris asked for more time. I don't know if that's a red flag or the Qataris just want the Glazers to sweat a little. It's all part of the game, really. And then there's a there's a fourth player, the uh, uh, American Eastman. Elliot Manifest, who used to own a similar before they sold a similar for about $1.5 billion two years ago. Uh, they are offering to finance either the new bidders or the Glazers themselves. They are saying, okay, Glazers, you want to build a new stadium, you want to invest in your squad, we will give you the money, give us some shares. Just mm-hmm. the same. Um, uh, Sheikh Jassim, uh, Sajim Rakhlev, uh, Ziliakos. If you guys need an extra 200 here, 300 there, we are your man. Uh, we'll help you out. So they are not interested in 
taking over United as a whole. They just want to help whoever wants to take over United by being a hell. partner. Yeah, by being a partner. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now the, the reason people are not too sure about what the Blazers want to do because you have someone like the Elliot management of picture. That's one. Two, this is different from the Chelsea situation because the Chelsea situation was enforced by the government. So whether Abramovich liked it or not, they have to sell, right? The Glazers legally don't have to sell. But in the business world, when you gather billionaires around and you tell them you want to sell an asset, if you don't sell the asset and it is viewed as uh, you were unreasonable, it damages you as a brand, right? So if the Glazers do not sell United, they're damaging their brand. Because they're no damaging gonna... the Glazer brand, right? Exactly. No one's going to take them serious. That's one. Uh, two, they're going to upset United fans. So but we... they don't. They don't. They have shown that they don't particularly care about that. So is, well, it, I don't, is that a problem I don't, for them? I, I don't agree 100% that they do not care. Because uh, when the Super League situation came up, of course, that did not that was not about United alone, but they are. Yeah, but that was fair pressure from everybody now. Yeah, no, I'm other. saying, I'm saying, but I'm just saying that's an example of a situation where they have to care because it was really horrible for their brand. Yeah, um, anyway, so, what about when they wanted to sign Anatovic? Like the fans came out now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> really they care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, I agree, but that that was more of an internal issue. But of course, the Glazers would have been involved because we know. Uh, I believe Avram Brand is tends to be involved in the day-to-day -day running more than the other. We might be involved. So, uh, personally, I I prefer Sheikh uh, Jassim. He's the only one talking about it, you know, 100% take over of the club, which which interests me because I like I like Sarge Brackett, but uh, the first problem with Sarge Brackett is he, he just wants to buy out the Glazer. I believe he wants to buy I think, I think he does enough money for this kind of expensive venture. Exactly. That so he just, yeah, so he just wants to buy out the Glazer and then probably involve Elliot management to buy out the other shareholders that have shared on the New York Stock Exchange. Don't forget, United is still listed on the New York Stock Exchange. So that that's that Jim Rackley's bid. It's not a total takeover of United. And he, he has also suggested he could involve some external financing in that. So we could have some more debt. So in that case, we just we changing owners, we're moving from a bad owner, uh, to, to someone slightly better. That's that's what we're doing, like we do in Nigeria, one bad person to another. So it's, <laughs> it's similar. So, <laughs> and then, so the, the Sheikh is the only one that, that is talking about a total takeover. So we have someone that wants to take over totally, he wants to wipe out the debt, he wants to invest in the, you know, the, Training, training facilities, stadium, the team itself, including the women's team, the women's team, rather. So it did, personally, I feel makes more sense. 
than the other one. Uh, people will always come up with things like uh, human rights in Qatar. They will always come up with issues like uh, they own PSG. How can they run PSG and United at the same time? Uh, the Sheikh have tried to sidetrack like, that by uh, using a different vehicle to take over United, which is the Nine Two Foundation, which is totally different from the the one uh, the sovereign. Uh, bond, uh, sovereign wealth fund that owns Paris Saint Germain. So it's he's saying it's two different entities, but the problem is the population of Qatar is so small. I don't know if you all the billionaires are not related one way or the other. So if you have, I think the names are similar. I think what someone's saying is uh, it, it's probably the same thing. In it's not the same. It's, it's not the same, but it had it, 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 it's hard to just. You know, you know, you know, and all that. But and you, you guys are, are are not concerned about because obviously during the World Cup there was concerns about their human rights uh, thingies. You guys are is it is it a, a case of uh, United fans are ignoring that or they they don't wanna they don't okay, want to address that. The, the issue is this: uh, first of all, football is already sold. So. <laughs> I don't want it's to use more, Yeah, it's not immoral. Yeah. Anymore, it's because I mean the Saudis own uh, Newcastle United, and when when we talk about human rights abuses, I think uh, I think Saudi will be yeah, yeah they're up, up the yeah they're up there food chain. They still they still yet to Saudi Arabia for things as little as you know decent and stuff. So I don't know if 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 Saudi Arabia can own Newcastle. Qatar is still relatively more liberal than Saudi Arabia. You know, Abu Dhabi owns Man City. So it's a bit late to have that discussion, right? That's what I feel. So um, that, that, that's not going to really move, move the needle for me. And the UEFA uh, rule that uh, talks about, you know, having two clubs under the same ownership in the tournament. Uh, at a point, RB Leipzig and RB Salzburg were both in the Champions League. And a couple of weeks ago, UEFA already talking about changing that rule. Uh, and don't forget, Nasser Al Khalifa, the chairman of Paris Saint Germain, is also on the UEFA board. I think uh, he's the ECA chairman. I it, think he's the ECA president. Yeah. 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 European Club. President now, he took over from um the Juventus guy Agnelli. Um, Agnelli. So mm. I don't see. So I don't see anything stopping this takeover, as long as they bid high enough, close enough to what the Glazers want. I think by the end of the season, I think United is going to be Qatarian. That's my opinion. Anyway. Oh, all right, all right. Wow, that was that was a great expose from you. Um, Ramsey, IFAB's new rule about new rule about keepers not taunting and all those other things. Take us through that rule and what, what it just sounds it sounds funny. First of all, a penalty is the, the, the goalkeeper is already at a disadvantage. A play, you know, the you know the attacker or whoever wants to take the penalty has time. 
and the distance is too short for a keeper to react. If he plays it well enough, 90% of the time he doesn't catch. Now they said one leg must be on the line. They've they've inculcated that into their goalkeeping. But this new rule, no taunting, no psychological war. war. Take, take us through that. I, I saw the news and I was wondering, maybe probably these guys are bored, to be very honest. So you award penalty, and uh, it means that they've taken already as an advantage over the goalkeeper. Then you came back and you said that the goalkeeper cannot leave his line, which means the taker still has the advantage. And right now you are now saying the take, the goalkeeper cannot try to win the world with mind games. Now, the taker is allowed to slow down, play mind games, do what Giorgio does, do what Ava does, slow down, uh, try to wait for the goalkeeper to move before you roll the ball into an empty net when the goalkeeper has gone the other way. Now you're saying the goalkeeper cannot try to do anything to win the mind game. I think, yeah, penalty is already double jeopardy. Now you're saying that the goalkeeper cannot try to do anything. Why don't you just award a goal instead of penalty? Just award a goal. Let's go. Let's let's go start over from the center circle. Because the next thing I'm expecting is for you to say the goalkeeper has to close his eyes or turn his back so that the taker can just it doesn't make any bit of sense. I think it's you just making life harder for the goalkeeper. It doesn't make any bit of sense to me, and I will never understand why why they are doing this. Yeah, it's, it's a penalty for a reason, and it's already from from six yards out. If you're not stupid, you shouldn't be missing penalties. To be very honest, I don't see reason reason why people miss penalties. But I, then I, I missed the penalty know. this weekend. It is you. It is you. Okay. I understand. But Keep the thing is, Yakubu. <laughs> in, in all honesty, I don't see any bit of sense in this revision. Is in you trying to come today, bring me rules. Are you guys good? Go pick beans or go watch Telemundo. Stop coming up with these funny, funny rules. It, it doesn't make any bit of sense. Just about the goal. If you know you don't want goalkeepers to attempt saving, I can understand the antics. After you save penalty, you dance, annoy people. But at the same time, all is fair in love and war. If a player scores, he celebrates. If a goalkeeper stops a penalty, don't teach them how to react. I don't like Martinez for any reason. I'm an Arsenal fan. Forget it. But if a goalkeeper is coming up with anything after saving penalty, allow him to celebrate. His, but his, I think this is before now. Not after. That, that even makes it worse. Because you are trying to say that you don't want the goalkeeper to, to stand a chance of saving the penalty. Now, he has to just stand there, stay still, take your penalty. You can slow down, do whatever it is that you want to do. Score, and then I want to go. Stop this. I, cancel this penalty. Once you commit in the box, I want to go. I, I think, think that's uh, I, I, I think it's like... Uh, it's. The initiative is is um I think it's for two things. I think it was it's because for, of Martinez now. Yeah, he, exactly. he started all this thing. Well, I mean he didn't start it. It was just it was one that like it's because everybody was watching the World Cup and they were saying him do it. It's like um they, they felt it was But his own was too much. I don't know. There's nothing like too much uh, personally, but mm-hmm. I, I felt like they felt like it was against the, the spirit of the game. It was, you know, coming and um uh you you come close to the player. He'll get the ball and then throw it to the side. So the player has to walk and get it. And he, they felt, oh yeah, this guy is, is doing is is 
He's not being sports command or whatever. I think he was just trying to command his area that I'm in charge. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, I mean, all, which like, is just which is just mind games that that yeah, goalkeepers all play. But the thing is, I feel like this initiative is part of like a wider thing to get more goals scored. If that makes sense, it's kind of like if you think about this, like uh, the penalty rule before um, this season or so. The keeper could like I don't know take a step forward and and try and save the penalty. Now they have to like keep one leg behind the line, type of thing, and that you know reduces the amount of space that they can cover. Obviously, because they are farther away from the ball when the ball is shot. So I think I, I'm to if 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 I'm looking at a positive at, at like this, they're trying to say okay, this reduces the chance of a keeper save it, ergo increases the chance the likelihood of a goal. And if that's the case, then they're saying what, what they're trying to do is a good thing because it means that there's more goals scored. If there's more goals scored, then it's a more exciting sport. Um, but then at the same time, like if you look at it from a more, uh, what's the word, a, a more, with under more scrutiny, it, it it comes to look like, oh, they're removing the spirit of the game. And then if that's the case, then that becomes a little problematic because what people like about the game is, is apart from the goals, also like the, the, the theatrics of it. So... In essence, I, I really don't know um, how how it should look in 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 practice, but in theory, for me, I think what they're trying to do is just increase the goals that are scored, which should be a good thing. Oh, all right. Um, thank you very much, Mola Shagun. Thank you very much, Lisa. Thank you very much, Ramsey. Um, so um, we'll wrap up with um, what's going on in the NBA. Ay, what's up? What's happening with this last um, few games? Lakers seem to be winning. Nobody seems to know where their position is at the end of the season. You know, just give us two minutes or three minutes of what's going on in the NBA. Uh, well, I mean, basically everyone is, you know, we're talking about, you know, the playoffs right now. Everyone is trying to qualify for the playoffs or then to the playoffs. Um, Okay, this this just got in the 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 Mavericks just lost to be honest. That's a shocker. Uh under ten to twenty four. won three in a row, which yeah. is which is coming at a very like apt time. Celtics have started winning again, at least they are more frequent, not win, lose, win, lose, that kind of thing. <laughs> they are winning. Yeah, that's yeah. What did there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, Bucks anyway, look like the best team in the NBA and Celtics also. No, um, I think the, I, I think I think the Nuggets look like the best. They did the, 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 the box yesterday. I mean, it was horrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Wow. The best. Well, in terms of the record itself, the best team is Bucks. They've got the three wins, and then you've got uh, my our very own Celtics, fifty-one, and then you get the Nuggets with fifty, and then you got Philly with. Uh, 49. So that's it. But we know that doesn't really matter because we just want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, the playing right now, the way it looks, uh, it's between uh, Minnesota, the Lakers, Orleans, OKC. They're in the playing positions right now. And right underneath, you got Dallas, Utah, and Portland. So between those seven teams, four of them are going to be playing, and two of the four will be in the playoff itself. If I look at current form, I think the Lakers will go. And um, maybe uh, New Orleans is, is um, Zion is 
good again. So I maybe, maybe Shea can give him the, the right push in OKC. Uh, well, I, I I think they could make the play. I don't I don't dispute that. But the problem is I still have more faith in, in the Mavericks because I know if uh Donkage and uh Kyrie can just find a way to work it all out, I know they'll make a thing. Uh, I had a vocacy because they're the better team anyway than OKC. Uh, but the way I see it, I think the, I think the Lakers are good for the for the playoffs. If somehow they could be the winners of the playing, then they will meet the uh the Grizzlies. Uh, they would rather play the Grizzlies than the Nuggets, so I I think they'll play the Grizzlies. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah exactly. So it might make sense for them to actually win the playing. In that instance, in the in the East, in the playing positions, we got the 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 Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Bulls. And right underneath them, you've got the uh, Pacers and uh, the Wizards. I think it's wrapped. I think it's gonna be the, the the Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Bulls. And I think I believe the East get through, and uh, maybe the Hawks. I don't have much faith in the Raptors and the Bulls. So, yeah, that's just it. Um, that's it. I mean, the Lakers are playing the Bulls right now. They just, just started. So, I won't read much faith. I won't read much faith yet. So, yeah. Oh. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Ewai. Thank you very much, um, Lisa. Thank you very much, Ramsey. Thank you very much, Olashego. Make sure you check us out on all podcast platforms we drop a new episode every monday by 10 a.m on or before 10 a.m um this is between the lines hosted by me ibk um thank you very much guys and good night yeah cheers good night good night